You are now listening to My Faithway Podcast. You can now find us on every major platform. And don't forget to visit our Facebook page with live services every Sunday at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you want to become a partner or simply make a one-time donation, please text the word FAITHWAY to 77977. Click send and you will receive a link for further instruction. Feel free to comment on our Facebook Live stream services or visit our page at myfaithway.org. Now let's experience life in a new way, the Faithway. I don't know about y'all, man. I was into it over there. The presence of God is so good. You know, that's, a, that's the hardest thing to explain to anybody that doesn't know God. And I don't think I even have an explanation for it. I remember having a conversation with a young man, gosh, 25 years ago, maybe more. It was early in the ministry, and he says, I've never experienced the presence of God. And then he asked me, what is it? And I'm like, I, I froze. I'm like, I don't know how to explain it. You know, it's, it just is, right? And that's what's his. It's, it's, he's here this morning, and that's what makes the difference between just studying a book and having the presence, right? You get the life of God on this, and then it makes all the difference in the world. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the churches. Father, we thank you. It's just good to see everyone this morning coming back and focusing back on the things of God. And I just thank you, Lord, that that we are in a a pursuit of truth. We're not in pursuit of religion. We're not in pursuit of doctrine, God. We're just in pursuit of your truth. And Father, I pray that this morning as, as we pursue these ideas and these teachings, Lord, that you help us, that we leave this place bigger than we came in, that we get answers for questions that we have, and we believe we receive in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. So last week, I thought I would have, was going to finish. I don't know why I thought that, because I've never finished it one yet in almost 30 years. But, you know, I was looking to, you know, obviously Terry was supposed to be here, and then he called, I'm not going to say last minute, but, you know, a couple of days, and, and I really, you know, searched God about what's the word. You know, I hadn't preached a Sunday morning message, I mean, a, a, a New Year's message in forever because Terry Myers always did it, you know, and so it was exciting to do it, and I was searching, you know, and, and the, the word hope kept coming up, you know, and just to bring people hope and, and to establish, because we've gone through this, you know, the pandemic, you know, COVID and all that, and I guess you're aware of this, but COVID wasn't just a sickness, you know, it wasn't just a pandemic, it, it, it changed history, it changed spirituality, you know, people that were burning up for Jesus pre-COVID, you know, we don't know where they are now, you know. So COVID wasn't just a, you know, pandemic. It really shifted, you know, a lot of things spiritual. Some of you were affected emotionally, you know, anxiety, all kinds of sickness came, drug addiction spiked. I mean, it was crazy what happened to the world. And now on the back end of this, you know, we all come into the world or to life, and, and maybe that's not your story, but I, I know for sure it's my story, that you kind of look at almost you know, apprehension to like, what's, you know, because remember 2020, it's like, oh, if we can just get through 2020, then 2021 came and that was worse, so if we can just get through 2021, and then 22 wasn't really bad, it's just weird. I mean, you agree with that? I mean, it wasn't like the end of the world, but it was like things couldn't get going. I'm talking my personal life, you know, and, it, and then we come into a new year, and you now you're looking three years past the pandemic, and we're still reeling in with a lot of this stuff, and and trying to think, and I think one of the things that we cannot lose, and, and you have to have a biblical understanding of it, and I'm going to try to pick up, you know, this will be part two, and hopefully you can take some, some things home that will help you, and not just a sermon, and not just a message, 
it's something that will help you, is the idea that the hope that God gives. And I, I know there's a lot in here. The, the, you know, the Bible talks about three fundamentals in the book of 1 Corinthians 13. It says, he says, these three, these three things must abide. And I'll tell you what, those three things must abide in every relationship that you have. If you have, you know, any family member relationship, God relationship, every, those three things have to have. And he, and he mentions them. You have to have faith. Come on, you can't be in any relationship if you don't believe in it. You have to have hope. What is hope? Hope launches faith into the future. And you have to have love, and the Bible says the greatest one is love. And we're going to get to that in the next few weeks. We're really going to dissect that. I know there's a lot of messages about love, but we're, we're going to get into that. So we get in the middle, and so you have faith. And again, don't spiritualize everything. Just, just think about your normal life. You have a business. You have to have faith in it, yes? I mean, if you don't have faith in your own business, don't start it. That's not too deep. <laughs> if you don't believe in it, nobody else will, trust me. So you have to have faith. Any, any endeavor in your life, you have to have believe that this thing's going to work. So faith, now we have that, you know, I'm just talking at a secular, you know, just a natural level. You know, you get spiritual, well, then you get faith that comes from God, which is a faith that's not based on any, on just ideas, it's based on something. So the difference between having hope in the world, and this is where I'm going with this, I'm just introducing kind of last week for those of you that weren't here. Um, hope in the world usually relies on two things. It relies on either some solid information, you know, let some, somebody that you trust calls you and says, you got a check in the mail? For $10,000, that can create hope, right? You're, you're already, you already spent it before the check showed up. You already got the whole list of how that thing's going, right? And not one of them was a bill. Anyway, just kidding. But my point is, you have hope that's based on information that is pretty solid. So, you know, because so I got hope, you know, the check's coming. You have information. But unless you have that information, most hope that we create in our natural life Unless you have a solid information that something's coming down the pipe, it really is hopelessness. You know, how many of you, don't raise your hand, how many of you hope you win the lottery? Don't raise your hand, because... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to judge that. Go buy them. Just make sure you tie it if you win, all right? Just please just tie it. You know, up, um, I, you know that, that's not the point, but, you know, we have a hope to say, man, if I just buy a ticket, chances are you might win it. But the hope is really no, there's really no foundation, right? So what we call that... Some people say, call that luck. Well, you know, luck's not a real thing either. You know, we could talk about that all day. So hope without a foundation is hopelessness. Now, nothing wrong. You know, you buy a ticket, hope you win, you didn't win. All right, okay. You buy it next week, you buy it next week. You know, you're, you're always hoping, but there's no guarantee that you're going to win. That's my point. So, you know, you can be in a relationship. You say, well, I hope my kids turn out all right. I hope my kids don't go down a path of, you know, perversion or drug addiction or so forth and so on. Well... You can hope all that, but unless you have a foundation, that's just hope. It's, it's, you know, it's up there with, if you see a falling star, make a wish that your kids turn out all right. You guys are, like, not engaging with it. That's about, that's about the level of your hope. I hope my kids turn out all right. Well, I sure hope they turn out all right, too. But what's the foundation? Because unless there's something to hold your hope up, I don't, want to, I don't want to keep using the word hopelessness because it's such a harsh word, but that's really what it is. It's hope-less. <laughs> it's just hope-less. Less what? Less a foundation. Now, when you get to Bible hope, and again, I'm just going to quote it because you know, this is just kind of recapping last week. One of the great scriptures is, is um, Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, now faith, pay attention, is the assurance or the guarantee of 
So hope becomes this idea. So, well, Pastor, can you explain a little more? You know, it, it, I'm just hoping my life turns out good. I'm, I hope I don't get sick. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we can hope and desire. So faith is a substance of hope, of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence of things not seen, but hope is the ingredient. Now, one, one more point from last week. As you guys know, I've taught this, I've taught this all last year, and I'm not off of it because I'm still working in my own life. I taught it at New York. I taught it at Navajo Nation. Everywhere we went, I taught the same thing. And it was the idea that you have to learn to live in your moment, that you don't really live in your past. You don't live in the future. This is it. You with me? This is it. People say, oh, you know. So where does hope fit in to learning to live in the moment? Because that's what, you know, that I think is the most important thing you can, you know, if you've got one thing to work on 2023, learn that one. Enjoy your life. Have fun. Because this is it. You can plan all you want, and you can have all the regrets from your past. It's not going to make a bit of difference. So how does hope fit into living in the moment? Because hope is something that's going to push us into the future. This is where it really gets good. Because we don't live in the future, but God lives, and I'm going back to what I preached a year ago here, God lives outside of time. I don't want to get too deep on this. He's not affected by time. So when you start putting your hope on something that is beyond our natural realm, now you get a solid foundation, meaning you can either hope everything turns out all right, or you can believe that God said something, here we go, about what you are if I can say it this way, projecting into the future. Now, some of you have come to our prayer meetings, and we need to kick them back up. By the time. I'm just trying to get my rhythm back, and i got a lot of coals in the fire and a team. It's really good to have a prayer team, you know, and schedule on that. But one of the things that we do in prayer, and I've done it for many years and I'll continue to do it, is I pray for my grandkids. I mean, you know, I pray Caleb is six months old. I pray for his wife. Is that too soon? No, because in, 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 if from God's perspective, you see, if God, don't lose me on this one, it's not that deep, but if God works outside of time, when you pray to a God that works outside of time, he's working the things that will affect in time. So when I say, Lord, I believe with all my heart that in, in the future, Caleb will have a woman of God that will honor God, it will be a blessing to him. I mean, come on, the kid's six months, but in God's eyes, there's no time. So as I'm lifting him up, God is saying, okay, my son is asking this, so I've got to make sure that 20 years down the road, what he's been praying. So now you see, what I'm trying to say, now you see a little bit, a glimpse into how biblical hope works. Biblical hope is not, oh, I just hope something happens in the future. It's happening in God's present. Now, it won't happen in your future, but it's happening, you know, he's the same yesterday. Finish it with me. Today. Tomorrow. So he has no, he's not bound to time. So when I say, Lord, I'm hoping my kids turn out all right, that, yeah, that's nice. But if I said, Lord, you said Instruct a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. You see, that was my responsibility. And if you guys wonder, thank God you're here this morning, and thank God some of you brought your kids, because what you're doing is you're going to hold God to his word by you doing your part. You got that? By you saying, well, you know, I don't really feel like going to church today, and my kids definitely don't feel like it, but they don't feel like going to school either. It's a saying... They're not going to get a break on Monday, are they? I don't, oh, no, mijito, está bien, todo está bien. Get your butt up, you know, you're pouring water on them. I do all kinds of mean stuff to my kids. I would have this thing where I would whistle the Mexican, because I grew up in Mexico and I had a school next to me, and every morning at 6 in the morning they had this little lineup of people with 
you know, the trumpet. And that's how I'd wake up my kids, man. I just get it. They still have like, ugh, they cringe when I do that. So my point is, your kids don't get a choice to go to school, but they do get a choice to the one thing, the one thing that could set them on the right path. Because nowhere else except in your home and in church are they getting a moral compass. Nowhere else. They're not getting it in school. They're not getting it on, from their friends, for sure. Amen? So the only place they could get a moral compass of life could be from you and from God. Because there's no other compass. To, 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 so one thing you want your kids to have is a moral compass. Do you agree with that? To, to be able to discern the difference between right and wrong? Come on, church. I mean, is that too old school to say that they, they can discern the difference between a man and a woman? Oh, is that too old school? No, it's not. Because in the beginning, God made only two genders. So all these foundations that are being shaken by, you know, pop culture and modern society today, the only place they're going to get those foundations is from you. As a, I'm talking to you as a parent. So every time you make a choice not to bring your kids, and this is no way, by, I'm not saying this in, in no form of condemnation or trying to get you, but you're saying, you are saying, I want to make sure that when I come to God, that's my only point. <laughs> that's my only point. I don't want nobody to get a bad or, or a misunderstanding of what I'm saying, so I'm going to clear it up a little bit. My only point is, when I go to God, and I'm watching my kids go down a path that they shouldn't, I can go to God and say, Lord, I put my hope in you. And not just in you, I, I stood on this scripture. I trained my kids in the way that they should go. And they might be acting like animals, <laughs> but I know, God, my hope is in you. My hope is in that promise. Guess what? You just sit there, and you sit there. And it might look like all hell's breaking loose, and you just sit there. No, because God's got this. How do you know, Pastor? I know. I know. God has never let me down. There's been seasons that we don't want to navigate through. There's been times that they're not fun. But if I can build a hope that is based on his word, if I, and the other thing you can build hope is based on the testimonies. You know, but you have the word that creates a testimony. Well, your testimony creates, if I can put this hope in reverse. In other words, you're facing a challenge, but all you got to do is look back. Well, he fixed it last time. He fixed it last time, so why can't he fix it this time? He can't fix it this time. So, so now you see how these ideas begin to build into your life, and pretty soon, you know, because a lot of our negativity, people, a lot of the waking up depressed and just having a bad day, is that we're projecting our life into the future, into scenarios that aren't even real. What is if I don't have enough money? Well, do you have enough money right now? Well, this moment I do, but I, well, you don't live in tomorrow. <laughs> you see, all the, you know, we're, we're projecting ourselves, and, and what hope does, biblical hope, what it does, it sets a foundation. And it's going to get a little deeper than that, because one of the things that we sang today, and I, and I don't pick any of the songs, you know, Kathy, she picks them, but they were so, so tuned into the message, because one of the biggest things that hope does, and I'm kind of ahead of myself on this, but I'll say it right now, it creates an image of covenant. You got that? The word of God creates an image. Covenant is based on inter-images. You know, Abraham, and again, I'm going to say this right now. So when Abraham, for those of you who don't know who I'm talking about, God is looking for somebody that he can have a covenant with. And he's tried, you know, throughout history, and he just kind of doesn't work out. And he comes in with Abraham. Abraham is a godless man. And he doesn't know, but God begins to talk to him. And, you know, obviously he hears a voice, so that gets your attention. But he says something. He says, I want you to open your eyes. 
and I want you to see if you can count the stars. That is the image of hope. Well, Abraham says no. He says, well, that's how your descendants will be. So covenant, the word of God creates an inside image. It's not just, well, I just hope things work out. No, I see my family succeeding. I see my kids successful. I see my family blessed. I don't see anyone going home before their time. You see, that's what the image does. And that's what Abraham had. He says, look at the stars. Before Abraham had any concept of what God was going to do, God had to give him an image of what it would look like if he would just trust. So the stars became the hope. Now, Abraham didn't understand this. I'm like, dude, I'm going to have millions and billions of descendants, but I can't even have kids. How's that going to work, huh? That's amazing to me that God would give him such an amazing word of hope based on his current circumstances that, you know, we're, we're going to assume it was his wife's fault because, well, not his fault, his wife's problem because when God said you will be the descendant, you'll have descendants, and look at the stars and look at the grains of sand, that's, a, that's, the, that's the image that hope is creating. He got it. He said, whew, I can do that. Now, he was 90 years old. Y'all tracking? He's 90 years old at this time. His wife has never had kids, and she's up there too, so if you didn't have them in your 20s, hello, chances are you're not going to have them in your 90s. But hope, in God's word, with the image of what hope does, created all the dynamics necessary, and I'm not going to get into a lot of details, because it's a long story, but all the dynamics necessary for them to have a child. Do you see that? So hope is always this thing that launches you into a place. And what I want you to do this year, you know, before the end of, of January, and again, do if you want to, but is really, what are the things that you can, instead of using New Year's resolutions, can we use hope? What do you think, what, you know, what are the things that you hope that will be either out of your life, you're probably thinking of a person, don't do that, I hope he leaves, he's gone, or repaired or completed by December of 2023. Instead of resolution, just say hope. I hope, 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 hope. But you don't finish with hope. Now, we've done this in different ways. I'm just teaching you with this way. What you're going to do next is you're going to add the promise that supports the hope. Now, with today's technology, church, you have no excuses. All you got to do is Google it, you know, Bible app, and in 10 seconds, you've got a scripture that supports what you're hoping for. And I'm just saying, do it. You know, you have nothing to lose. You can do it or you can't do it. I'm not going to do that. That's dumb. That's fine. But what if you do it? And what if that doing it causes something in your spirit to begin to see what God's trying to do in your life? Because as you create that hope and that desire for things, and look, the world has played with this, and they've tried to steal it from God in every version possible. Every ver- I mean, that's out there. You study the New Age people. You study uh, you know, all, most world religions. Every, you know, they have stuff like the laws of attraction and all this. That is, you know, they, that, God started that. And this is the principles of the law of attraction. You attract things not by, oh, I'm just hoping everything comes. Oh, I'm just going to, you know. No, you put scripture, it creates an image, and now you see. You know, we're not putting our minds in blank, you know, trying to zone out everything. We are seeing. I see myself healthy this year. I see myself prosperous and blessed. I see my family together. I see peace in my home. Those are the things that I value. 
even, you know, it's not just about money and stuff. You know, that's not even that important. I mean, it is, but it's not more important than peace in your home. Money is not more important than peace. Uh-huh. Look at the, what Proverbs says. Proverbs says, I'd rather live in misery than with a strifeful woman in luxury. You know, I mean, it's kind of a loose paraphrase, but that's what it says. So ladies behave. <laughs> then one, one brave amen from some guy came out and said, amen, just, you know. All right, let's go into this, RJ. I'm so in, I'm taking way too much on this introduction. I want to give you some practical, practical things this morning. Now, let's, let's bounce it off this one right here. Hebrews 6.19 says, We have this certain hope, like a strong, unbreakable anchor, holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. Now, that's like, oh, my God, that is so deep. That is so profound. But if you go back and find out what he's talking about, and I don't want to, you know, I already mentioned it, but if, and I would recommend, if you guys are Bible people, go study Hebrews 6. He's talking about the covenant. That's exactly what he's talking about. What I just talked to you about, the Abrahamic covenant and the image of the covenant, and all these, that's what he's talking about. He says there are two immutable things that God cannot lie, that he swore upon himself that he would come through. And then it mentions this. So hope is not hope. It's not just, well, you guys, you know, you guys have hope in this God you can't even see. No, we have hope not only in a God that we can't see. We have hope in a covenant that he made. And he tied himself to that covenant with his, only very, his very own existence is tied to this covenant. And that hope is what gives me the anchor. The hope is the anchor of the soul. Listen how important this scripture is. We have this certain hope. Which one is it? The hope that God's covenant and his word is true, like a strong, unbreakable anchor. Question, what is the anchor's primary reason to exist? The number one reason. It has, it has various levels of definition, but the number one reason anchors were created were to hold the ship firm while all hell was breaking loose. <laughs> That's what it was. You know, and of course, other ones where you're docked, so we want to anchor the ship. And, and, you know, but the anchor had one purpose, was like drop anchors and hang on. So an unbreakable anchor, listen to this, Holding our souls, and that's what we hit last week. What is your soul? It's your mind, your will, your emotions. It's the you. It's the person you talk to all day. Your soul's not your spirit. Your soul is you. It's what governs you, and he says, that is the anchor. That's what holds my mind. That's what keeps me from losing it. Come on. Because there's stuff in life that you're like, you know, this is too much. But God has a way of anchoring your soul. It anchors my mind. Once more, it anchors my will. It anchors your will. Praise God you're here this morning because you willed to be here. Well, maybe some of you twisted their arm off to you, but most of you probably came because you wanted to. And it anchors your mind, your will, and what else? Your emotions. So now, you know, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to touch that one too much because we'll get into that in a few weeks. But it's hope balances you. Somebody that has learned to trust God, not through religion, not through church affiliation, just simply for the fact that he's proven himself over and over and over again in your life. Little things, big things. When you asked him questions, he gave you insights that there's no way you could have ever thought of. That relationship over years and time, and I love, I love to say this about me, that God has blessed me in spite of me. <laughs> That's that one. 
You know, like I, sometimes I didn't even deserve it. Sometimes I did like everything possibly wrong to end up in a bad place, and God just kind of just get over here. You know, kicks me back into place. That's the hope of our soul. And I'm telling you, right at the front end of this year, 2023, before this, you know, January is the first month. Set some of these things in your life where you say, you know, I am not. I'm going to make a decision that this year, if I ever begin to even smell like I'm in a hopeless situation, I need to identify it. Because the next thing that comes from a hopeless thought is fear. That's the next thing. Well, they're actually connected, but if you're sitting like, as soon as something comes out of your mouth, like, what am I going to do? That tells you that you are putting yourself in a position where you're becoming the God of your own life. What am I going to do with this? Well, what can you do? The reason you're asking that question is because you've already exhausted all your resources. You would not be asking, this is the conversations that you have with you, right? You would not ask yourself, how, how, what are we going to do with this situation? The only reason that question has popped into your head is because you've already exhausted all the natural resources that you can think of, and now you're in a desperate position to say, okay, now I don't have my natural wisdom or education or money or relationships or whatever, and I'm in a situation where I am hopeless. That's not a bad place to be as long as you know that you have an anchor. If you don't know you have an anchor, then you're just going to stay hopeless. And you're going to keep trying to figure out life and keep digging a bigger hole. But the anchor is what holds it. It's the anchor is fastened. And listen to this. What is it tied to, people? This, this verse is so rich. It's tied to mercy. It's tied to his love. It's tied to everything that God represents. It's not tied to a Bible. It's not tied to just legalism and do's and don'ts. Because that's what a lot of religion tells you. Well, your life's not good because you're not following all the do's and you're doing all the don'ts. <laughs> that's, not what, that's religion, man. That's garbage. He's there. Our anchor of hope is fastened, is tied to something called love and mercy. That's why, you know, faith, hope, love. You can't separate them. You have to have all three working, and we'll, you know, we'll work on them. But I love this scripture because it's fastened. It's tied into when the storms of life are just beating you down, beating you down, beating you down, where's your hope? Because your natural circumstances will scream at you and tell you how bad your life is and how this is not going to work out and how this is the one that's going to bury you. Well, I've been hearing that for 30 years. I'm still here. <laughs> Amen. How many have heard that one? Like, this is it. You heard that 10 years ago? Well, you're still here, so it wasn't it. Hope has a way of saying, you know what? I don't, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't, want, I don't want to go through it. It's not fun, but I am not going to build a house. I'm going to walk through the valley. That's what hope does. When you don't have hope, you're like, okay, this is it. I'm just going to die here in the valley. You know, My body will be eaten by the birds. A lot of Christians live that way. I mean, you rub upon some Christians, you touch them, you, know, you poke them the wrong way, and boy, it sounds like their God is the devil, not God. I mean, they're like depressed, mad, angry, upset, you know, and like, dude, what's your problem? It's not that they have a problem. You know what they don't have? They don't have hope. People that have hope tend not to be really negative. People have, that have hope annoy you with their positivity. You know somebody like that? They're like, was bubbly and giggling. You're like, can I just have a bad day for once with you showing up, you know, and ruining my bad day? I know that's really weird out there, but some of you are like that, you know? No, hope is always, you know, the expectation 
the expectation, you know, I can, again, I've always said this, and thank God you guys showed up this morning because the church looks so good. But, you know, I can look at an empty chair and preach towards that, or I can look at a person and care less of how many empty chairs are. Because hope tells me next week there'll be a person next to that chair. Now, if I didn't have that perspective, you guys wouldn't have a church. I promise you, because, you know, one of the most discouraging things is to spend two or three hours preparing the meal. Oh, come on. Ladies, y'all never did that, prepared a meal, nobody showed up? Well, that's kind of what your pastor does. He prepares the meal. Makes it really delicious sometimes. Sometimes it's kind of blah, but, you know, most of the time it's good. So when people show up to eat it, I'm, like, totally excited about it. But you know what? 30 years, I've always had hope in there. Well, not yet, not yet 30, but close enough. That somebody cares enough to listen to what I got to say. Because if we want to focus on negativity, it's not hard. Come on. Negative, as soon as you walk out the door, there'll be 20 negative things before you get to your house. That you just, just looking, and I'm not even talking. <laughs> you can talk about 20 other things. But the believer should always have the language of hope on their tongue, especially to the unbeliever. Because, you know, one of the worst advertisements that Christianity has is us. Hello? Because you're bumping into people that really have no basis to have hope. Their hope is just relying on their strength. Are you here this morning? Just bumping them at work, and, and you can hear them talk. Oh, I got this from the doctor, and they told me this, and the bank, and, you know, and, I don't know, and, and, you're, and instead of bringing light into their, you just sit there and agree with them. Yeah, yeah, your life sucks. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not you. That's not what believers are. Jesus said we're light. We're salt. We bring flavor to things. And one of the, the, the greatest flavor you can bring to anything is to just bring some people some hope this year. Yes, we all, and I'm going to say all, but, you know, some of you might be facing hopeless situations. But it's not over till it's over. Amen? There was a, a little cartoon. I should have pulled it up. You remember that one, H.H. Um, the... Where is it? I wish I had the picture. But this is really about hope. So it shows a crane. So if I could describe it, just go with me. You remember that one? And he's eating a frog. And all that's left from the frog are his, his hind legs are sticking out. And the crane's got the whole frog, except that his front legs, he's choking the crane. So the crane can't swallow him. But his whole body's in there. But, but with his front, you know, arms, he's holding the crane. And it says, it ain't over till it's over. You know? <laughs> so that might be the word for you. It ain't over till it's over. But that's what hope causes. You know, you look at things that are just breaking down in your life or, or around you, or they have the, you know, the, their potential disaster coming, and you just say, no, no, because what's inside of me is bigger than what I'm facing. Because my God, and then you go back to the reverse hope. Back in 1993, 94, 95, <laughs> you just keep coming back, and you're building that hope. And that anchor will never, ever, ever let you go. Are you getting something this morning? Amen. Okay, well, I'm so behind where I need to be. Let's, let's see if we can, because I did have some really practical things. Let's talk about cultivating hope. I'm just going to give you some screenshot it or write them down. I'm not going to take a lot of time. How do we cultivate hope? How can, how can we build? Because cultivating faith, you know faith comes by hearing, right? So the more you hear, the more faith you have. But how do you cultivate hope? 
Well, yeah, faith comes by hearing, and it creates also hope. But these are just some, some practical things that I have found. Number one, focusing on the things that bring joy and meaning to your life. What are the things that bring joy and meaning to your life? Now, you might have to take time to think about some of these things. You might have to time to dissect it pretty much because when you just talk about the word meaning, that opens up a huge thing. Number two, seeking out positive and hopeful messages. Instead of listening to a bunch of negative news about how bad it is and here comes COVID again with their new variant and blah, 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 listen to the news. If you listen to the news enough, you're going to get hopeless. Because here's the thing about the news. And I, I'm, a, I'm a news guy. I, I, I want to be informed. I just don't want to be overly informed. Meaning I don't want to get emotionally informed. You got me? Because right now the whole thing is COVID. COVID, COVID, COVID. Here it comes again. Whatever. Well, you got to learn how to turn things off. Like, for example, maybe you, this morning you said, ah, maybe I, I don't feel like going to church. Okay, I'll go to church. Or, you, or online. You decided to log on online. God bless our online church. Well, you could have made a decision not to do either of those things. And that would have been fine. But here's the thing. Because you made a decision to seek out positive. You know, one thing the church has to do, and I include this church, and hopefully we've done a good job. Maybe we haven't. It's up to you to judge that. But I cannot go to a church that creates a negative environment. To the people, because I've been to those. You ever been to church where you feel worse when you come out than when you went in? <laughs> That's not what church is about. This is the gathering of believers to ignite courage. My prayer every morning, I prayed it this morning again for you guys. I say, Lord, I need to be able to encourage the people. That's my only job. And not just me. I say, go team, go. No, encourage the people with the word of God. Encourage the people to you leave this building, you have hope. You're not on your own. You're not going to roll up and die. It's not the end of the world for you. Because our anchor is way, way stronger than that. But that does not help if you're feeding negativity all the time. That includes people. That includes Facebook and TikTok and all the other ones. As long as, if you're feeding negativity, it's going in. Negativity in, negativity out. Positivity in, positivity out. What you, that's Jesus said, you know, what you take in is what's going to come out. So make sure, seek out positive. Surrounding ourselves with supportive and optimistic people, same point. Developing a positive focus can help to develop hope by providing a clear pathway for achieving a desired outcome. Let me explain that point briefly. Any situation will have various outcomes based on the dynamics that you present to it. But if you develop a positive focus at the, at the front end of whatever, you, whatever challenge you face, you, you, you start with positivity. Whatever, whatever it is. You know, even, even getting a, you know, your day, maybe you're, gonna, you're having a hard day in front of you, maybe you're having a day you don't know what it's about, but you wake up in the morning and say, today, I'm going to have a good day. When I pray for, for my grandson, Every time I drop him off at school, every single morning, very redundant prayer. But at the end of the prayer, it says, and I thank you, Lord, that today we're all going to have a good day. Amen. Very simple. But that sets the compass. Think about what you could pray. Oh, today we hope to have a really miserable day, Lord. No. So the little things that you do, you know, develop a positive focus is up to you. And it's not about circumstances. Circumstances are very complicated for all of us in different ways, but how you look at the circumstance will give you an opportunity. To, do I develop a positive outlook of this, 
or, or I'm just going to be negative and, you know, it's like people, when they go to, and this is probably for somebody, if you're the kind of person that goes to your job and all you do is talk trash about your job, my question would be, what are you doing there? What are you doing there? Because you're not bringing any more positive, I mean, if you are working for somebody, you should be positive, you should be blessing that, even if you don't like your boss, you should be blessing him because he signs a check. But I'm saying, you know, we can be negative. Get this one. You, you can be so negative that you miss the blessings. Well, I just don't like my boss. Well, how about unemployed? <laughs> You'll enjoy that one a little more? Huh? Well, I don't like this, and I don't like that, and I, well, leave it. But negativity, well, let's go back to the law of Genesis. Whatever a man soweth, finish it, that he will Your life is about negativity, about how bad everything is, about crisis, about people, just trashing people, trashing coworkers. Don't be surprised when it all comes back hundredfold. That the one killer of that is hope. Negativity and hope, yeah, they don't mix them. You know, it's like oil and water. You can't can't mix them up. Give me the next one. Um, Let's talk about how do we go, this is just kind of a hope for the best. Now, the role of hope is helping us preserve and find meaning in difficult situations. Now, this is where it really gets good because when things are fine, it's easy to hope for the best. But when things are like not in rhythm, that's when things really become difficult for us. Because you're over here saying, well, I need to trust in God, I need to believe God, but everything in my life is out of rhythm. Okay, so let me give you a couple of scriptures. I think my outlines are kind of mixed up. So Romans 15, here you go. So this is a prayer. You can start with every morning. Lord, fill me with hope. He said he would do it. And we talked about this last week because in the, we, we used the scripture last week for a different application, but it's still powerful. It says, may the God of hope. He is a God of hope. He's a God that when, when God is involved, that's why religion is so toxic sometimes, because when God is involved in, in his real nature, he creates hope in you. That's just it. That's just what, what creates other things is religion or people or legalism or wrong ideas. But God can't do that. God, every encounter with God brings hope to a situation. When I came to the feet of God, my life, you guys, most of you know my story, but, you know, messed up, on drugs, the whole thing. My hope was I just wanted to get my life back. I didn't have any hope. I, didn't, I wasn't thinking about this. This was, are you kidding me? I just, I just didn't want to die. That's where I was. <laughs> but he, he, so when I, you know, and I knew God when I was a kid, but when I come back to God, I come with that hope. Are you here? I didn't come, well, I hope this works. You know, just, let's just, no. This, I mean, I really came to God to church. When my wife finally, you know, <laughs> got me to church, my idea was if I don't find God, I'm either going to prison or I'm going to die. That was pretty the bottom line. So the encounter with God was always about hope. Now, if it's anything else, that's religion. When I mean religion, I'm not talking about a religion. I'm talking about religious ideas. Because most religion is about controlling people. That's, that's really what it's about. And God is never about controlling people because God, you know, if God wanted to control people, he just made more angels. He wants a family. And, and his hope, he is the God of hope, and he plants this desire in you because, you know, he wants his church, he wants his body to shine. That's all he wants. You're the biggest advertisement he has. Well, let me help you. You're the only advertisement he has. Because God's not coming. You know, I kind of wish God would do some Old Testament stuff. 
Come on, son, nobody? Wouldn't it be cool, like, if, like people that don't believe, like, in Hebronville, just, like, like, part, you know, the highway in two, you know? Show us some Old Testament stuff, God. You know, they'll believe then. No, they won't. No, he, he doesn't. No, there's a reason that, that God doesn't show up like that anymore. Because everything's based on faith and grace. It's not based on signs and wonders. But my hope in God, you know, here it is, comes with joy and peace. So when you're facing that, that thing in your life, you say, Lord, you know, you wake up depressed, you wake up with these things, say, Lord, everything in my life tells me I should feel this way. All my circumstances tell me that I'm justified to be depressed. But I'm going to ask you something, Lord. Would you fill me with joy and peace today? Would you just fill me with this hope that you come? And guess what? You get ready for some supernatural stuff. God doesn't hold back on people. It's just people sometimes don't know how to ask or people are afraid to ask. But God will honor his word. Remember, he, he doesn't honor just, you know, fancy prayer requests. He honors prayer requests that are based on the word. That's what he honors. So when I'm depressed and I'm in a hole and I'm in a situation, I can go with this scripture and say, God, can you fill me with joy today? Because I don't have any. Can you fill me with peace? Because I'm just too stressed out right now. And this can happen in the middle of the day. This can happen after a business meeting. This can happen after you saw the bank statement and you're all worked up about it. Hello. Guys, listen to me. I'm, I'm trying to get this to a point, but I say this almost every time I preach. But if all this stuff doesn't translate into your real life somehow, we're just wasting our time. I mean, we're having good motivational speeches or whatever you want to call it, but at the end of the day, there's really not a lot of influence. No, we got to go out there, and I'm believing next Sunday when you come back, say amen by faith, something amazing happened this week that's going to make you want to come back and say, okay, I want another dose of that. Because, because hopefully, hope is coming now that this week's going to be just great. That God's going to show up because faith needs the ingredient of hope. It's the catalyst of faith. Faith is the substance of things. So if there's no hope, you can have all the faith in the world, but unless you're actually actively hoping and desiring for the manifestation of God in your life, according to Scripture, faith just kind of sits there waiting for you to start hoping, waiting for you to start fixing things supernaturally. How about that for a word? Amen? Psalm 1, well... Let me finish this one. May the God fill you with all joy and peace that you trust him. And here it comes. So that you may overflow with hope. What do you do with overflow hope? <laughs> you share it, people. You share it. That's what you do with overflow. You find somebody's having a bad day. And you're like, no, you can do this. You're going to have it. It's going to be all right. You're like, why? And then you tell them your story. And you give your testimonies of how God showed up when you were in a similar situation. You know what you're going to cause that people? You're going to cause hope in that person. And you're going to cause that person to have hunger. Maybe somebody has never had an encounter with God, but now they have the question, maybe, maybe I should try this Jesus thing. Maybe this is the one thing I haven't tried in my life. I've tried drugs. I've tried relationships. I've tried businesses. Nothing's worked. But maybe just because you're radiating so much positive energy and hope, maybe I'll try your Jesus. That's the advertisement of the church. A church that is on fire, a church that is smiling, because people, a lot of people know your, especially a town like Hebronville, a lot of people know your business. Come on, you know they do. You're like, no, they don't. Yes, they do. They, everybody knows their business. That's why I moved out of here, all right? Anyway, well, we still know your business, but not as much. They know you're going through some stuff. 
And they're watching you. They know your car's parked outside the church. And they're watching you. And you're going to run into them this week at some point. And they're going to listen to you because they know what you're dealing with because it's Heavenville. All right? Heavenville was Heavenville before Facebook, right? I mean, you guys got on the phone and texted. Everybody knew everybody's business. And they're watching. Boy, I know they're, I know they're going through some stuff. And then they bump into you and like, hey, how you doing? And, you're, and, and they're looking like, you're supposed to be like us. You're supposed to be depressed. You're supposed to be telling me how, how much anxiety you have. You're supposed to tell me how bad it is. Why aren't you? Because I know you're going through a storm. Now, they're not going to tell you that, but in their mind, they're processing this, and they are facing, you know what? Somebody that's full of joy and peace. That is attractive. That is attractive. That, that, you, know, you, can talk, you, can, you know, you can pray for people to come to church. That's wonderful. You can ask God to get people saved. You, sh- you should. But at the end of the day, that one-in-one encounter doesn't replace any of those. It, it, it doesn't even replace, you can bring those people to church, but the one-on-one encounter is still greater than you bringing them to church. Because they know you. They don't know me. They can hear me, blah, 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 blah. They know you. And they know your circumstances, and they see your joy, and they see your peace, and they're saying, you know what? I want that. That's what God is trying to do. So this is just powerful, because he overflows you with hope. He, over, he gives you more than you need. That's my point. Amen? Give me the next one. RJ, I got to begin to land this. Psalm 147.11 says, The Lord delights in those who fear him. The word fear is high, uh, uh, highest level of respect. It's not scared. The Lord delights in those who fear him. Listen to this last statement. It's so good. Who put their hope in just one little thing. How much he loves you. That's it. That's it. One, just one little thing. You don't have to put hope that he fixes, hope that he, you know, no, just, just he loves me. He loves me. <laughs> you know, this is not good, but he loves me. So my hope is based on something so, so powerful now. It's not just the God of hope. It's the God that was willing to put his own son on the cross. How about that for you? So if you don't think that gives you hope, wow. All right. Give you one more, First Peter 1.3. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth, Ready? Into a living hope. Now he calls it a living hope. So it's not just an idea. A living hope that comes through the resurrection. So here we go. It says in Romans 5, I believe, it says, and I'm going to misquote it, but it says, how the power of God raised Jesus from the dead. Whatever, whatever power it took to take a body and make it alive, is now within your mortal body. Isn't that, isn't that powerful? So you think about that, you're like, whoa, that's powerful. But how about when you connect it to this? In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth. Okay, we're born again believers. But it's not born again believers to follow religion. It's not born believers to start those amargados, you know? Like, <laughs> There's just too many sour Christians in this world. It's a living Living hope. It means this slope is not just based on, well, I hope something works out. No, it's alive because it's not based on just anything. It's based on the same power that raised Jesus. So now you've got this powerful thing that is connected to faith. It's connected to love. And it's not just, well, I'm just hoping and praying, Pastor. No, 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 no. I said last week, that's one of the most things that's so filled with unbelief. Don't say that. What are you doing? I'm just hoping and praying. That's usually said in the context of things are really bad. 
hey, I heard you got a bad diagnostic. You're going to die. Yeah, I'm just open and praying. There's no faith in that. You know, I heard your house burn down. Yeah, I'm just hoping and praying. There's no faith in that. You're not hoping and praying. Hope never stops. <laughs> praying is, you know, on and off, but hope is just, I know something's going to work out. I know somehow my God will see this thing through. And don't beat yourself up on the details. Because that's what we do, right? We try to help God. Come on, y'all don't think you have a better plan than God does? God, fix this, and I'll show you how. I'll make it easy for you. If you change him and make him really nice, or her, just change, like, these three things from his character, and he'll just be good God. Funny things, he's praying the same thing for you. (laughs) And neither of you are getting answers. (laughs) No, it doesn't work that way. No, the hope is just on. If If I gave my life to God, my hope is built that my decision that I made was not just based on somebody convincing me, but it was based on a supernatural experience. And it, did, it was in my life. Meaning I went from death thinking, death living, d- brokenness into something new. That to me is the foundation of my hope. What happened to me in September of 1992 set a foundation of hope. That whatever comes down the pipe, I can go back to that. And say, my God was there. And anything that has come, and boy, do we have stories in all these years. They're still here. Glory to God. Amen? Okay. I got to finish this, guys. I don't want to take this into next week. Let's, let's see if we can do this. Go. Give me the next one, RJ. Let's see where we're at. Uh, no, skip that one. No, no, back up. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> back up. Let's, let's, um, we already talked Romans 8, 24. 25 says, for in this hope we are saved, not hope that is seen, pay attention to this, is not hope. For who hopes for what sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Now, the patience is not, uh, it's taking so long. We already received it. So now I'm going to give you just a, a few bullet points. Um, let's see how many I came up with. I got six, six points. And, and just, you know, screenshot it or write them down, and then we'll try to land this thing. These are six simple things. and I, We've hit a bunch of them already this morning that I, you know, I just kind of, summarize things that I've done in my life to try to navigate through some of these things. Number one, and that's back to my very almost opening statement about the Abrahamic covenant, visualize your desired outcome. Visualize your desired outcome. In other words, take time to see what it looks like. Take a few moments to close your eyes. Think about the best possible outcome for whatever it is you're hoping for. Picture it in as much detail as possible. You know, we can spend a lot of time on this, but I'll just throw this out there. Not one of us thinks in words. We think in images. That's how we are wired. And when you think in images, that means what are you hoping for will, you know, let's say if you're dealing with, you know, a, a loved one or that's struggling with drugs. Let's just use that as an example or, you know, some addiction of some form. And you really want that person to change. Well, you're not going to change them by beating them up. You're not going to change them by hitting them with the family Bible. You know, the big ones. They're not going to change. What will change this person is prayer, faith, and hope. But the hope creates an image. Not of him drunk on drugs or her. You, see, you say, oh, okay, I see him in church. I see him with a Bible instead of a bottle. Are you tracking? So the image is that. You know, 
if you're struggling with sickness and disease, what does it look like for you to be healthy? Right? This is where, it's, where it gets really interesting because some of these things that God's going to do is it, he, he will create this thing and will help you that he will put responsibility on. Hope is not a magic pill to fix everything. Because what hope does, more than anything in my life, it encourages me. If, for example, if you're dealing with a, with a health situation and you are hoping to be healthy, yes, God says he will heal. But my question would be, what is your part to that? Amen? Example, somebody is str- struggling with lung cancer because of smoking, for example. And I, and, and I, I wasn't in that case, but I heard a pastor sh- tell me that story. And I, so I believe it because you know, I trust this guy. But he said he went to pray for a lady that was dying of lung cancer. I mean, her, her, was, her smoking was so bad that they had a, made a hole for her to breathe. And I guess her sister, I'm telling you, this is not my story. This is somebody else's story. His sister had asked his pastor to go pray for her, her sister that was dying. And he went in and says, well, what are we believing? Well, she's, she's believing to be healed. You get her? Yeah, this is going to shock you because it shocked me when I heard it. They walked into the, to the hospital room, or no, my hospice. I guess it was a hospice at this point. And he could smell the, the cigarette smoke. And he's like, and when they went into the room, you ready? She had a cigarette stuck in the hole. Question, that, that's pretty severe. She couldn't smoke anymore, so she was inhaling the nicotine through, the, through that hole that they made for her to breathe. Question, I know that's really extreme. Can God heal her? Yes. Will God heal her? Probably not. Why won't he? Because what's the point? <laughs> as soon as he heals her, he could heal her 100%, brand new lungs, brand new, seal the hole, repair her voice box, everything. But the thing that's killing her is hasn't left her life. So just don't, don't get weird on Because you can hope for things, and it's wonderful, but sometimes God will say, oh, Lord, I'm just hoping for a better relationship with my wife. And, and, you, and you go, come on, guys, say amen. You've done this. Lord, if you would just you know, make her more loving and more understanding. And, and God says, yeah, yeah, that's a good hope, but you know what? We're going to start with you. Ah, no, I said, no, you're not. No, yeah, we're going to start with you. We'll, we'll work on her a little bit. That's where hope, sometimes we miss it, because hope, is, hope will create a desire for change. Hope will create something positive, but are you willing to follow the instructions that come with it? That is the, that, I have to say that because some people, oh, I'm just going to hope for the best. And they, yeah, that's good. But you need to change for the best, too. Hello, you guys didn't like that one. <laughs> okay, visualize your desired outcome. Number two, believe in yourself. That's a big one, right? And your ability to achieve it. Believe that you can achieve whatever it is you are hoping for. Fill yourself with positivity and focus on what you want and how you are going to get there. Hope will create a plan. Hello? Whatever hope you have, God will give you the one, two, three, four, five to it. Trust me. Number three, take action. Once you have a plan, now it's time to take the steps towards making your hopes and dreams a reality. Make a plan. Set realistic goals and take the necessary steps to get there. Everything is one step at a time. And one of the things that Pastor Dan taught here years ago that I really liked about that teaching, he says, what would you do if you knew that you could not fail? Right? What would you do if you knew you could, you could not fail? Okay, I will do this, okay? I will become ABC or I'll become this, okay? Perfect. What's the first step? Very first step to becoming 
that. That's what hope does. Hope, hope creates an image, but it also creates a desire to pursue that image. And it could, it could include education, it could, educating yourself on finances, educating yourself on health. Are you here? And a lot of people don't like it, especially Christians, because Christians, we're lazy. Don't, don't look at anybody, but they are. They're like, nah, just fix it. I want to lose weight. Just take 40 pounds off right now. Come on, Lord. Got my triple meat and my milkshake and my fries, but why it's not working, Lord? I'm hoping to be slim. Come on, guys. God is not weird like that. We are weird like that. God is a spirit. He has created everything in our life to have a manageable life. That's what it's about. We live, God, if, if you say, Pastor, what is the biggest thing God has given you? Manageable life. I can manage my life because of his presence. Amen. And, but, he, but he gives me these things. And I've, I'm not going to take time to share the stories and stories in my life. But one last year about the Achilles tendons and the problems I had and all that, that was kind of down the path. Lord, heal me, heal me, heal me. And then the Lord said, no, lose weight. No, I don't want to do that. You're really quiet now. That's my story. Well, I'm back again because now, you know, I'm trying to snap out of my Christmas mode. Come on, anybody having trouble snap out of the Christmas mode? January 1st. Well, it's the 8th, guys. Come on. <laughs> we better get with it. <laughs> We're eight days behind. No, but you know what it is? It's, it's back to that. I look at my life. I still have hope for, to live a healthy life. What are the, what are the, what are the things that I, I have to incorporate in my life? As uncomfortable as it is, I have to do it. In other words, hope is not a fix-all. Hope sets your life in a direction. But it's really up to you to, to, to make those steps. Does that, does that make sense? Some of you are like, I don't know, Pastor. Okay, number four. Have faith. <laughs> That's a big one, right? What do you mean have faith? Have faith that things will work out in the end. No matter what challenges you face along the way, let go of any fear or worry and trust that things will work out. Don't, figure, don't try to figure out how it's going to work. Just trust that it will work. Amen? You know, God's kind of like a, like if you're not a mechanic, God's kind of like an automobile. Most of you that don't know anything about a car, you know, you just get in it and you turn that thing and 10,000 things have to work for you to move that car. You don't even realize. You're like, let's go. You don't have to know how the car works. You get to take advantage of it working. That's the way, that's the way faith is. I don't know how it all works. I just got to trust. I got to hope. I got faith. I got the love of God. This is going to work out. Amen. Next one. We've said this one ten times. Stay positive. Smile at me. Some of you are like, I don't know how to smile. It's easy to get discouraged when things don't go as planned, but try to stay positive. Focus on the progress you've made and the progress you will make. You can have this grandiose hope, which is fine, but don't, don't remember to get to your dreams and hopes, if I can put it this way, it's going to be one step at a time, and celebrate every step. For example, you say, well, I just, you know, I want to lose 10 pounds by, you know, whatever. I'm just using that as an example. Don't, don't take anything personal or nothing. Well, celebrate when you lose one, but don't celebrate by eating a cheesecake. Just celebrate. Because <laughs> sometimes, oh, i got to lose 10 pounds, but, oh, no. Fight for the one. Get the one out. And get the two out, and pretty soon you're, then you got a rhythm, and now when the cheesecake comes, like, oh, no, Mr. Cheesecake, I'm on. I'm working on something now. The goal is always one step at a time. Amen? So always stay positive. Enjoy the process, which brings me to my next point. 
you appreciate the journey. You appreciate the journey. Don't, don't live in the future. Hope projects us to the future, but we don't live in the future. We only live in the now. So you enjoy the journey. Enjoy the process of reaching for your goals. Appreciate all the little moments along the way, and you recognize that you are, I'm sorry, there's a typo there, that you are advancing. You appreciate it. You appreciate little, tiny victories in your life. Your hope, and I'm challenging you, build these ideas for this year and watch. Oh, this one came in. Oh, that one came in. And, 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 and let's say you knock out your list, build another list. Amen? Glory be God. And I want to just close with Psalm 39.7 this morning. Like I said, I did want to close this morning, but I want to bring it here. It says, so Lord, very simple question, where do I put my hope? Well, before I finish it, where have you put your hope? Be careful not to put your hope in people. Love people. Don't hope because they'll let you down, just like you've probably let somebody down. We put our hope and trust in him only. We don't put our hope and trust on our education. Thank God you have one and, and use it to the best of your ability. But my whole, only hope is in him. Amen? You know, I can't hope for anything else in my life that, that will not come from him. My only hope is not, you know, that the government of America change. Yeah, you know, that'd be nice, but no. Because it's hopelessness. I can hope, 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 hope. It's, you know, it's not going to happen. I can go vote. Might affect it a little bit. No, my hope is in him and him only. I trust him. He has never failed me. Not failed me. We've navigated through so many things. We're navigating through things currently. You know what? The same faith that got us moving back in 1992 when everything was a mess, in 1994 when we had this crazy idea to start a church and with no idea on how to do this, that little hope has brought us here today. And I want to encourage you this, this morning as we, as we close that don't let this month go by. I mean, really take it seriously. Don't just, don't just go home and say, oh, that's a good little sermon. Really take some time. Take some time with yourself, just you and you. You know, maybe I don't know how you like to take notes digitally or on paper, but do something where you can create, you know, a, I would call it a hope map. And, you know, you can say by 2023, I'm hoping because God said these things are going to happen in my life, in my health, in my spirit, in my business. Cover every area. God does not leave any area out. You know the word says that he, count, he knows how many hairs you have on your head? Amen? For some of us, he's got to count daily, you know? For some of us, he doesn't have to count at all. But anyway, I'm saying that's how much he loves you. He knows more about you than you know about you. Come on, church. He knows more about you. But we still have some kind of fear of approach and fear of, oh, maybe this is not, because this is how Christians are. I'm going to, you know, do I pray because I got a headache? Well, why not? Because we're like, no, we got to reserve it like when I get cancer. No. You pray, every detail, bring it to him. And see how he influences it. You had a fight with your wife? Don't go, go, don't go keep fighting. Go talk to him about it. It's amazing how he gets involved. It's actually fun. That's what I'm saying. You can enjoy the journey. You can enjoy the journey. 
Go ahead and stand with me this morning. I want to pray for you, and I want to do a couple things this morning before we, I let you go. And number one, I want to speak to those watching online, of course, and those that are here. And it's good to see everyone. It's good to see some people we hadn't seen in a while. God bless you for being here. But also, there's, there's new people here. So I want everyone to just bow their heads and close their eyes. And the most, most important thing to God is not that we get new stuff or nice. That's fine. But to God, the only thing that matters is your life. He will bless it. He will make it livable. He will make it manageable. But he wants your heart. You know, that's it. He wants, he wants your devotion. You don't have to understand any of it. It's kind of like that truck. You don't have to understand the truck to use it. But I want to invite you this morning, and I want to kind of split it a little bit. Say, if you've never given your life to God, and you are in this room, or you're watching me online, or you're listening to the podcast in the future, I'm talking to you. But I also want to talk to people that maybe you know God, you've walked with God, but you just feel that maybe you just want to get back in rhythm with him. Guess what? Welcome home. There's nothing wrong with rededicate. I've done it many times. Not that I lost my salvation. I don't believe I've ever lost my salvation. But there were times where I said, Lord, I need to come back to my first love. I need to come back to just you and me, None of the other stuff. And that's a good place to be. So maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you feel like you've got disqualified. Maybe you feel like you're sitting outside the house. Maybe you feel like you're not get to sit at the table with God. No, you do. If you were born again, you're still born again. All you got to do is just tell him you love him again. Fall back in love with him. So let's all pray this prayer. This prayer, this prayer will cover both things right there where you are. I was going to say come forward, but no, just, just stay right there. I believe some people, if I say that, they might just not, they might get discouraged. So don't do that. But if you're here and you just want to come back, if you're here, you've never met him, this prayer is for you. Father, say this with me. Father, I ask you now, in the name of Jesus, that you forgive me of all my sins and every time I've missed it. I ask you, Lord, that you grant me the gift of having Jesus living within me. I receive him as my Lord and Savior this morning. And I thank you, Lord, that all my sins, all my mistakes, all my shortcomings have been blotted out. Today, I am a new creation. I am a new creature. Today is my second chance. Glory to God. Amen. Now stay standing. Now this is, if you pray that, you're, you're in. You're, you're on. We're all in. Now here's where I want you to pray this. And you pray however you want to pray. I'm going to pray it over you, but I'm going to pray for myself. But maybe go ahead and do your own little prayer in this environment of, of presence that we have. That God will create the right hopes. And that God will give you a roadmap that will be so clear that by the end of 2023, I got a better one. Before the end of 2023, you'll be working on another list, another hope list. Father, we just give you praise. I pray for everyone in this room, everyone watching online, everyone that would listen to this at a future podcast. That, Lord, you grant us this morning, by your spirit, an insight into spiritual hope. Create hope for our family that is beyond even our desire. Give us this hope that we've been studying up that comes with joy and peace. 
Give us hope for our church, Lord. Give us hope for our community. Give us hope for our children, our family, Lord, that, that in this messed up, complicated world that we live in, with all this negativity just blasting through the news every day, we are a people that have hope. We will not be downtrodden. We will not be put under. We will always come back to the hope of our salvation. We will always come back to that anchor, Lord. And I pray right now for anybody that's dealing with whatever challenge life has faced. If you're, if you're dealing with something that just, you know, all I'm going to ask you is just raise your hand. We don't, I don't want to know. God knows. This is just a point of contact. My hand's up. You know, we've we got challenges. But this is something you just want to be in agreement. I'm in agreement. The Bible says, where two are come in agreement, it shall be done. And that's why we're doing this. So if, you, if you have your hand up, I'm not even looking around. i got my hand up. Father, I'm in agreement with every hand that is up. Whatever challenge or whatever name this thing has in their life, I speak a biblical hope and come in right now by the Holy Spirit. That, Father, if that circumstance, that situation was yelling at them that it would not work out, that it was not going to get fixed, I believe with all my heart right now that you're removing all that negativity, all those cobwebs of doubt that the devil has wound up in our brains. No, Lord, we break that right now. We thank you. We are born again. We are believers. We are the family of God. And we are a people of hope. We are not found hopeless. We thank you, Lord, because we know that 2023 will be a glorious year for our family. Come on, church. 2023 will be a glorious year for this church. Father, we will see things we had never seen. We will see lives change and impacted in a way that we could have only dreamed of. I pray peace and prosperity over every family, every child. Every sickness and disease has to flee. In the name of Yeshua, Messiah, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord, that we are not a people without hope. We are a people of covenant. And Father, as I'm praying this, you are creating images for their families, for their finances, for their future, for their business, Lord. God, some of you are going to start a business this year, and it's going to be good. It's going to be a good business. Just be open to that. If you have that desire, keep seeking God. You know, this is a word for somebody. Keep, don't, 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 don't jump the gun. Just keep seeking God, and he's going, to set, he's going to give you the business plan. He's going to tell you how to do it. And it's going to be a blessing, and it's going to be strife-free. If that's for you, you receive it. It might be more than one person. You know, God is a businessman. He likes this. And God wants you blessed. And God wants your family complete. So, Lord, thank you that we have this joy that comes from you this morning. In Jesus' name, glory to God. Amen. Now you can give him a big hand clap. He deserves one by now. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Woo! You may be seated. Man, I got 20 minutes. I think I'd preach another sermon. They like, you won't finish it, Pastor. Well, if, if we're getting out early, it's thanks to Kathy because she didn't sing 14 songs today. No, just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding, Kathy. Just kidding. Worship was good today. I enjoyed it. it was, I'm still reeling in about praise and worship. Anyhow, let me give you guys a quick update. I'll get you out of here. I won't take more time. Take advantage that I finished 20 minutes early today. That means I got 20 minutes next week. No, I'm just kidding. So, um, plans for Cuba. I want to tell you what's going on just in a nutshell. We, we still have a leadership meeting with all our church at the end of the month. After we have that meeting, we'll, we'll kind of give you guys the global picture. But one thing I know that is important for everyone here in Heavenville to listen, that all our leadership 
Well, the key leaders, you know, we've agreed on, and they've had the same sense. I've talked to them. 2023, we're really going to dedicate it to Hebronville. We're still going to do missions because that's what we do. But we're really going to focus on the local church. That is going to be one of the biggest goals. And we are looking, you know, the church has to be a light to their community. You know, we can't just expect people to say, okay, we've got a church. Everybody come to my church. It's really fun and cool. No. We have to, and by the, at the end of the day, it's not even about bringing people to church. It's about what God has done by uniting this group of people. How can we become a light to this community? And not just this community, Bruni, you know, Miranda City, Oilton, the, the area that we're called. And we're open for ideas and we're open for things. I don't no longer live in Heavenville, you know, not having lived here for 12 years. But my point is, those of you that are here, you know, especially our leadership, I want you to think about these things because 2023, I think, is really going to be exciting. But we don't, we don't just want to do a bunch of good ideas. We want to do God ideas. You know, we want to do things that, that will impact the community, will be a blessing to the community, but also will carry the heart of God in it. You know, you can do a lot of positive stuff and not have a lot of spiritual impact. So we have a, you want to have a balance, right? You want to make sure you're, you're having the spiritual impact, but you also want to make sure that your church is making a difference. Amen? So that's kind of where we're going in 2023. Um, we have two trips planned for Cuba this year. We probably will oh no, not probably. We'll, we will not be doing children's ministry in Cuba this year because we're going to switch it up. The ladies' ministry, they do amazing, amazing things to raise funds and all this, and they're going to dedicate all that energy into building the local church. So I want you to be excited. I want you to, you know, be part of it. You know, some of the decisions you can make, you know, is, is connect deeper. You know, we're all... We're all people in this church, and I want to speak to those maybe watching me online that are local. You know, come to church. Come back to church. You know, maybe you had a bad experience here. I can't say I'm sorry because if, if I did it, I did it. Tell me. Pastor, you hurt my feelings. I apologize if I did because if you know my heart, there is nothing in me that would ever want to bring anything to hurt anybody. I mean, what's the point of that? I just stay home, <laughs> right? Come come all the way to Heavenville just to hurt people? No. My, my thing was saying is this. Don't give up on God, but also don't give up on the church. We need each other. Church is community. Church is not this. This is actually like the least thing church does is gather on Sundays. Church all week, conversations, phone calls, text messages, encouraging one another. That's what the Bible says. We were called to encourage one another. So be the church this week. You know, reach out. Maybe you'll run into people that used to come to church and say, hey, come on, man. You know, our church is doing these things. They're like, well, I had this experience. I had that. Like, listen, most of you probably had some form of bad experience at Walmart at some point in your life. You guys know where this is going. At some point, you had a bad cashier. Did that keep you from going back? And the reason you went back to Walmart is because you needed something. Well, maybe you wanted something. But most of the time, church is why do we come to church we don't come to church to look at each other you guys are very good looking well most of you but we come to church to look at god stop looking at each other because a lot of people are like well i'm not going to church because you know so and so goes to church that's not my fault what do you want me to kick them out so you can come look you sit over here we'll let them sit over there all right no like really give god give make space this year i really feel my heart you know so there goes your 20 minutes that you had was going to let us go. No, I'm just, I'm, I got to share this. Don't scratch out God because of me. Is that cool? And don't scratch out God because of anybody else, of any of our leadership. 
you know, don't scratch out God. Because last time I checked, sunshine, you're not perfect either. And I hate to break it, but your pastor, way from perfect, okay? So if we have a church of full and perfect beings, don't demand perfection. That's okay, is that cool? If we're all imperfect, don't demand it. Just come, enjoy, fellowship, hug somebody's neck. And when you're going through a dark time, you'll have somebody you can text. You'll have somebody that'll actually, I'm not just talking, I'll pick up the phone, but I'm talking, this congregation is amazing. They move for each other. They're out there. You know, one, sometimes something gets stuck in your life, the church is there. That, that's what a church is. It's family. Amen? Stand to your feet. Instructions are there. Do what you got to do. And there's an envelope next to you. And if you do the envelope, there's a box, a little box at the end. Maybe we should stop doing that. Since that, that's, that was our COVID thing. And we'll, maybe next, you know, here in the near future, we'll start bringing the offerings back up. Let's pray. And I will let you go. And I don't have any more announcements, so that's it. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for everything that was covered.